0: Welcome to 3 to Play DLC. With DLC, we break away from the traditional 3 to Play games podcast format to bring you more varied gaming topics. Today, we are traveling back a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to talk about Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. Here to discuss this title is
1: Jedi Master Tom
0: and The Apprentice Josh. Press start. What's up, Josh. Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Just pulling up some notes that I have here that I I slaved away on today uh, for mm. this lovely game that we're going to be talking about.
1: This is probably the most in-depth game we've ever had to cover on the show uh, in terms of uh, length mm-hmm. and lore and just amount of gameplay hours to put into it. It's it was a challenge. Do you know when you have a game
0: that? When it finished, was so perfect to bridge the gap between episode three and four. You, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't even need a sequel to it.
1: Yeah, it's perfect because the end of Force Unleashed 2, you find out, oh, that's why Darth Vader was in prison at the end of A New Hope. Yeah. It, it just puts all the pieces together. When I
0: omelet. think of Darth Vader, I think of Darth Vader in prison.
1: Mm hmm. Eating gruel sandwiches, <laughs> gruel omelets. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's what life's like <laughs> in prison for Darth Vader uh i'll say hey spoilers for forced Unleashed* 2 by the
0: way oh no
1: oh no. well
0: what what spoilers are it because we got two different ways
1: that this could end oh that's right we only 50 percent spoiled this this memorable turd for y'all do, do you know <laughs> do you know what is very sad about this game right now um everything after the xbox logo disappears is disappointing okay and up up through the end of the main credits
0: this is one of the last games that lucas arts created
1: oh i didn't consider that disappointment (laughs) damon
0: i'm going for more psychological disappointment right there tom i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) so yes the force unleashed 2 one of the last games created by lucas arts r.i.p never forget uh released october 26 2010
1: Yeah, multi-platform release, much like its predecessor. It got coverage on the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, PC, and even the little old Wii.
0: I'm going to actually talk about the Wii release of this game
1: later in the podcast because
0: I found some interesting facts out about
1: that. Okay, that'd be great to get to. But uh, yeah, it is a... uh, The the formal definition, which I was surprised to hear, it is an action-adventure, which makes completely sense, but it's also considered a platforming game. And I guess, yeah, it counts as one because you're on linear levels and jumping and, you know, navigating environments is uh, required. It's just, I never th- really thought of it like that.
0: Well, I mean, think about the end boss fight. <laughs> A lot of jump in there. <laughs> so, yeah, this was released two years after The Force Unleashed, which I thought The Force Unleashed, one of the best Star Wars games I've played, like, it's up there with... Uh, episode One Pod Racer. I love the Episode One movie game. Uh, okay. You got the Jedi Outcast games. Well, the
1: the Jedi I don't think Knight it games. comes. I mean, not the Jedi. Outcast. I don't think it comes anywhere close to something like Kodor, But I think Forced Unleashed One is a unique experience in its own right. So, the Forced Unleashed was a project that Lucasfilm formerly developed in the mid two thousands. And what I mean by a Lucasfilm back project is Um, every once in a while throughout the history of Star Wars as a franchise, Lucas, George Lucas himself would either back or get involved with a kind of multimedia project where he would acknowledge something as like a significant part of the Star Wars canon. Um, there's another notable example of this. It was called Shadows of the Empire. I'm sure Josh, I don't need to explain that to you what it is, but it was a Lucas endorsed story that took place between the films Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and it involved telling that story through books, comic books, video games, graphic novels, etc. and it was a big success. So they did a couple more of these throughout the lifespan of George Lucas running Lucasfilm and um the Force Unleashed project can be kind of considered that last hurrah of um Lucas getting directly involved with the canon expansion in the years before star wars as a property was sold to disney i like that they took a lot of things from lucas's original vision of star
0: wars like Mm -hmm. the fact that your main character's name is star killer the original name of luke skywalker but yeah the game was you were darth vader's hidden apprentice from the emperor Mm -hmm. pretty cool idea overall you realize that There was more to just the dark side out there. And you kind of turned your back on the dark side uh, to go over to the Jedi pathway, which Vader didn't like. But,
1: eh, you know, didn't like it all. Yeah. Um. You fall in love. You go on adventures. And you have this character who kind of uh, finds redemption and martyrs himself. And in dying to save some notable characters from the grips of the Empire, he inspires the the birth of the rebellion which we come to know in the original trilogy so through uh, a novel which i actually it's still in my bookshelf the force unleashed novel um and this video game series and i, I think there might have been a graphic novel this was lucasfilm telling a story that they wanted to use to bridge the gap as you said between episode three revenge of the sith and episode four a new hope yeah so so force unleashed ends with Starkiller, the protagonist dying he you know he well, you can have two endings based off of a moral choice system, but like the true quote-unquote canon ending is he gives himself up and he's dead. So when they announced this, I was like, "Wait, what?" Uh, how did you feel initially when like, when you heard about this? I game?
0: was a little confused when I first thought about it. I thought they were going towards the dark side ending because a lot of the DLC for the first game was based off of the dark side ending. So I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, like that made a lot of sense if they made a sequel based off of you being." the new Darth Vader or the new big baddie in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Then then more
1: information came out and it was like, oh, you're Star Killer again? hmm Which is confusing. I, I liked what you were pitching there. And what's interesting about it is that like that could have been a fun thing that would have been just a one off. Because it clearly couldn't have tied into the canon, you know, like right. having this having Star Killer become brainwashed, and then go after and hunt down all the classic heroes we know from the original movies. Obviously, that just would have been like a an Elseworlds kind of story. But this one just seemed just as confusing because it's like, if this is supposed to still be canon, where are we going with him coming back to life? Like, what does that mean, you know?
0: Right. But yeah, the game takes place six months after the first game. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a time gap there. And a year before... A New Hope. Which is weird, because I thought The Force Unleashed ended right before A New Hope.
1: I guess not. Um, I mean, you know, they can wreck on whatever they want, I guess.
0: So the Empire is trying to build a Starkiller clone on Kamino, which is featured in Attack of the Clones.
1: And is this, to date, this is the only major... ...kind of story where Kamino's brought back. Yeah, as of to, right now. To my knowledge, Um which I thought was cool when I did play the game. You know, seeing Darth Vader on Kamino, it's like, ah, I mean... It's a nice little... It, it's a nice little kind of fan y you know, moment in a way. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, apparently the cloning process is still imperfect uh, for creating Jedis. Yeah, he's all, he's all weird. So the game starts up, and you're in a training session... Uh, for Darth Vader and there is a hologram of Juno that appears and Starkiller kind of freaks out because he doesn't know what to do so he actually doesn't attack the hologram which causes mm. uh, a failed trading session and Vader is not pleased.
1: Vader is um, a bros before hoes kind of guy he doesn't understand why Starkiller is still crushing on Juno but clearly this clone in however, they're trying to uh, recreate the original Starkiller has, still has feelings for Juno, who was the love interest of the first game. And it's, you know, it's messing with Vader's plan. He's like, come on, guy.
0: Starkiller gets a vision that he wonders what's going to happen to him now that he failed the training session. He gets a vision that Darth Vader is going to kill him. So he's like, nope. He decides to just blow a hole through the floor because
1: that makes sense. He blows I think he I think it's fair where I could say he blows a hole just through Camino I mean the opening of this game is just ridiculous force powers over the top in a it's entertaining though I'll give oh, I'll say that
0: yeah it had a, a pretty cool scene at first when you're kind of flying down the side of the building and you're kind of dodging stuff as you're going through like the tie fighters are coming after you and stuff like that.
1: There's some TIE fighters who are just like, you know, on their morning patrols. Just like, mm-hmm, and you just force grab them and sh- rip them out of the sky. <laughs> you know, it's like...
0: And then you land. And then that's when things start to get a little. Eh, for me, where you pretty much start the game up with all the powers that you had at the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. You are so ridiculously overpowered in this game.
1: It's like an inverse Metroid.
0: Yeah. Like, they, they just said, you know what? Fuck it.
1: You're getting everything now. Force push? Have it. Force choke? Take it. The only thing you don't get right away
0: is the Jedi mind trick.
1: But yeah, Josh, tell, tell them about Jedi mind trick, because it's probably one of the most unintentionally hilarious things in the game. So you can go ahead
0: and you can... Take, take over a stormtrooper, and you can have him either shoot his friends, if you want, to try to help you as an ally, or you can say, you know what? Fuck it. Jump off the building.
1: It's so satisfying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what, buddy? Oh. I'm here. I'm on. I'm part of the good guys now. You know, just jump off the building. Just just do it. I'm not going to talk it down from the ledge. <laughs> I'm going to just provide you with
1: the assistance that you need now. Oh, robbing people of their free will has never been more fun (laughs) so
0: this opening level pretty much gives you the feel for how the rest of this game is it's uh go down a hallway kill a couple stormtroopers go down another hallway kill a couple stormtroopers go down another hallway kill a couple stormtroopers um do you ever kill stormtroopers and then go down a hallway well there was one time there was a robot at the end of the hallway but it just turned out that oh, there was more Stormtroopers yeah. that came through, and I had to go down that hallway to kill those Stormtroopers.
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll say, I know I know exactly what you're getting at, but I have to give them the credit for that that visual variety. Every once in a while, like you said, they do break up the Stormtroopers with some robots, and then but then they give you right back to the Stormtroopers. Yeah, so it's yeah.
0: Like, uh. but to break up that nonstop action fest you get a Crash Bandicoot-inspired scene escaping a ship firing at you from outside of mm-hmm. a building. And don't worry, that's going to happen
1: multiple times in this game. Josh, I'm starting to actually kind of think you don't like sequences that take place on the on the side of buildings. You didn't like the hotel in Arkham, in Arkham <laughs> Origins. <laughs> now you don't like this. I'm like, I just think you don't like the sides of buildings, Josh. I don't know. It's just when it has
0: to be repeated over and over again, like, you know, in Arkham Origins. You were in that hotel for at least three hours just climbing that building.
1: Best three hours of my life. <laughs> Do you remember what the boss fight uh, yeah. on Kamino is? Yeah. On
0: Camino, it was catch a TIE fighter out of midair, build a bridge, walk over the bridge. There's 2 ATST like machines waiting for you. And then you go full Kratos mode. And you just get your two <laughs> lightsabers out and you have just nonstop. When you thought you were overpowered, they were like, no you get God now where you just electrocute everything that's in your, like a 10 foot vicinity of you. And you're just fucking chopping up stuff left and right. And it's just like, like I'm not even taking damage right now because I'm just so overpowered. You're taking ATSTs out in like four hits. It's so ridiculous. And then they drop, a, they drop like two
1: carriers of stormtroopers down. I'm like, really? You're fucking kidding me right now. You, it kind of, it kind of makes an argument <laughs> for why disney was right to make all of this stuff non-canon because it makes every other character look not impressive by association you right know? right so you kill all the stormtroopers and then you're like
0: oh there's darth vader's tie fighter and you go walk up on by the tie fighter and then he turns around and darth vader comes out of the door and he gives him like a weird smirk like a like a like a half grin like a badass, like catch you later, old man. Yeah, and then he gets in this tie fighter and steals his tie fighter. First so off, rude. that guy just committed grand theft auto, right? I hope they, I hope they,
1: they throw him away for that. That is not the way of the Jedi. That that's a custom tie fighter, by the way. I don't know if anybody knows this, but like the wings, they go, they're they go slanted. They are like not the ones. as cool as the tie interceptors, though.
0: So, yeah, you steal Darth Vader's TIE Fighter, and then you leave. And then you arrive on Canto, Nemoidia. which the Nemoidians are in there. So a uh, big shout out to my my boy, Nuke Gunry. On this planet, there's some type of coliseum where General Coda, who was your master in the first game or
1: sidekick. Yeah, he was he was your Obi-Wan, you know, yeah.
0: the old dude who teaches you stuff. So he's been fighting in this coliseum for seven days straight, kind of as a prisoner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, then you have this guy, Baron. They didn't give you a first name or last name to him. He just seemed kind of like a an Imperial higher up.
1: Yeah, he's like an Imperial officer who's like been on this planet so long that he's kind of just uh, gotten into the planet's culture and traditions, which are apparently gladiatorial death matches. Which Jeff Goldblum did it better in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a poor man's grand, grandmaster. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So it starts off in the level and you run into a different enemy other than a stormtrooper, which <gasps> are Sith Acolytes, which I was like, oh, this is cool. These are like, you know, bad guys that have the force,
1: but apparently mm-hmm. can't use lightsabers. They're just uh, Dark Force users. Yeah. Like Snoke. Like Snoke, you know. <laughs> See, they were get- the
0: Death Eaters of the Sith.
1: They were getting us ready for Snoke before we even met him. <laughs> so as you make your way closer to the
0: Coliseum, you run into yet another Crash Bandicoot scene, running away from a ship, shooting at you. You
1: fight more oh, stormtroopers. Yeah. Don't forget, you, you, you surf on that ship, too. You're like, we near 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 So yeah, you jump on a train, and you proceed to take out more TIE
0: fighters from on top of it. So you can see there's a common theme on every level so far. It's hallway, stormtrooper, Robot, TIE Fighters run away from a ship.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't forget the quick time events.
0: Oh, boy, are there quick time events. If this game couldn't be any more like God of War, you're, <laughs> you're wrong.
1: If I had to take a shot every time there's a quick time event in this game, I would have pickled my liver within the first level. <laughs> <laughs> so you take down the, the ship that's
0: been shooting at you during the Crash Bandicoot scenes that I keep mentioning. Uh, by playing a really lazy game of tennis, where it's just like, I'm going to shoot a missile at you, but you're going to bounce it back at me. I'm going to shoot a missile at you, and you're going to bounce it back at me.
1: The the Ganondorf plan, you know.
0: Yeah. And then you arrive at the Coliseum. When you arrive, Baron sends out the Gor- Gorog, which is... At first, you yeah. think it's a Rancor, which I was like, oh, sweet. I love Rancors. They're pretty oh, cool. that, was a really, that was a really great tease. Yeah, tell them about that. Okay, so... He's like, send out the Gorog. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're waiting for him. And then the gates open up, and then out comes a Rancor. And you're like, yeah, this Rancor has two giant nostrils rather than a normal Rancor, which has two smaller nostrils. And he comes walking out, and your character's like all smirky, like, oh, I'm going to take this son of a bitch out because in the first one, there was, like, an entire level dedicated to Rancor fighting. Mm -hmm. And then a giant hand comes up and just crushes it like it was nothing. And this thing is like, well, first off, the Rancor fit like, like it was like a pea in the bottom, the palm of its hand. Mm-hmm. And then this was the Gorog, Ooh. which Ooh. is Ooh. This, this giant creature who had apparently waist up and only arms that you could hit because you couldn't see its legs. till so later in the game,
1: that's how big it was.
0: <laughs> Tip
1: of the iceberg.
0: So you go ahead fight its hands a little bit and then it's like oh we gotta figure out another way because what you're doing right now apparently your lightsaber can't cut
1: through any parts of its body it's hides too thick <laughs> <laughs> can i just say you, you can i just say you made a god of war comparison earlier and it's fair because this is where it totally just it totally just becomes unapologetic about the fact that this is a god of war game yeah. with jedi yeah you are a dual
0: bladed fighter or just warrior taking out these giant creatures that are twice actually this thing is like a 100 times the size of you where it doesn't seem feasibly possible that you're actually going to be able to destroy it but you prevail how do you prevail this time you destroy the supports that hold up this
1: floating city which is kind of a dick move you know but you know all right fine we'll go with it you know all those neboid all those neboidians fall into their death that that arena probably costs billions in taxpayer dollars. But yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. The, you, just, you, you knock the city down. Yeah, You uh, take out the supports.
0: You fall through a window or something like that. And Baron's in there and he's going to try to shoot you. But the Gorog eats him. And then grabs Coda, And they both fall out of the building. And right back to the first scene of the game, you're diving down a building. You're diving down mm-hmm. to nothingness. And it's,
1: once again, another repeat. And let's make it clear, this arena was apparently uh, built a hundred thousand miles above the surface of this world in the upper stratosphere because you f- can seemingly just never stop falling.
0: So when you're diving down after the Gorog, you're actually just diving down to save Coda. You get really close to him and then you start fighting him again. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're just both free falling. You know, let's just have a another boss fight. So it ends uh, a really cool way, though, where you build up your force stash that you've had throughout the first. Actually, we're only a level and a half into the game right now. So the force stash that you've had for a level and a half and you force stash yourself through the Gorog's body and kill it, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. It's different in the, the whole realm of Star Wars. You don't see anything along those lines. Yeah. So, as you're falling, Coda calls for the ship, uh, for his ship, and it goes in and it catches you guys from falling to your death. Or falling to it comes back around and you're going to fall again. I don't know how this planet works.
1: We never see the planet again in the history of Star Wars, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. True. But then, on the ship,
0: Starkiller's freaking out because he just wants to see Juno. Mm-hmm. He just wants to see He's- Juno.
1: He's, he's, a, a really big, he's a really big Ellen Page fan. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a huge
0: Michael Cera fan.
1: Mm-hmm. He really loves that charming twee acoustic soundtrack, and he just thinks Jason Bateman's the biggest scumbag in cinema history.
0: <laughs> so meanwhile, while Starkiller is going to the theaters to see Juno, mm-hmm. uh, Darth Vader hires Boba Fett to capture Juno, uh, hoping that it's going to bring Starkiller back to him so he can kill him but what are the chances of this cynical plan working, Tom?
1: Well, I mean, you, you you see how stupid the plan is when we catch up a little bit later in the game and Darth Vader's like, ah, oh, Boba Fett, you brought me what I wanted. And all of a sudden there's this pregnant teenager in front of Darth Vader and he's like, what's this? And Boba Fett's like, you told me to go get Juno. And Darth Vader like, you know, slaps his head and he's like, oh, Boba, boop, boop, boop. Yeah.
0: And he has like, he puts his fingers up to his cheeks like,
1: me, <laughs> We're still getting paid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's no good to be dead. (laughs) So while Darth Vader hires Boba Fett to go capture Juno, Starkiller is like, I'm just going to go to this random planet that people are talking about. And it just so happens to be Dagobah. Mm -hmm. Which is the shortest level of the entire game.
1: And it still somehow counts as a level. Yeah. You you
0: go in, watch a cutscene, and then leave.
1: Yeah. But Yoda's there. Well, the dynamic gameplay really sets it apart. Um, you walk from the exit ramp of your ship, ten feet to Yoda, cutscene, and then you're done at Dagobah. That's it. Yeah, wrap it up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a really cool, it, it's, it's a really efficient. cool. It's a
0: really cool cutscene, though, because it shows uh, the. I can't remember the name of the tree, but it's the tree that Luke goes into in the spooky, Empire. the spooky tree. Yeah, the spooky tree. Uh, yeah. The dark the dark and mysterious tree that they have there on Dagobah, where he sees a bunch of clones of himself dying all around him. And it's followed by a vision of Juno being attacked and shot. And then is like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. I got to go find her now because she's in trouble. Mm-hmm. After Dagobah, Starkiller and Coda uh, fly up to find Juno's ship, the Rebel Cruiser Salvation. Mm-hmm. and they notice that there's no damage done to the ship there's no attacks been on the ship so he's a little confused about what's going on right now and guess what follows on this level tom um
1: corridors and enemies yes but what type of enemies oh 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 don't tell me um uh rain soldiers
0: oh close close oh robot spiders
1: Oh, yeah, the classic Star Wars standby. Yes.
0: Uh, when you think of, you know, such iconic Star Wars villains, you think of, you know,
1: the Mousers. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, top top three Star Wars villains. All mm-hmm. right, you ready? Yeah. Ready? Newt Gunray. Okay. The probe droid for the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Spider robots. You've hit all three of them. This, this, it's it's an objectively true list.
0: So going through all these hallways, after hallways, after hallways, after hallways.
1: What comes after? What comes after hallways?
0: Oh, um, there's another hallway. Oh, okay, thank you. You see Juno knocked out on the ground on the other side of a force field, and he's like, "How am I going to get through it? I'm extremely overpowered. There's no way I can get through this force field." <laughs> so I have to go backwards through all those hallways that I just came <laughs> to find <laughs> an alternative way <laughs> in it's so infuriating so after you go through these hallways you actually find a new enemy which are these souped up sith acolytes Uh, but don't worry they're not in it for much longer they're actually in this scene and then one more time at the very end and then that's all you see of them but then you get to juno and then you get to juno and then boba fett's carrying her away to slave one so you chase her down but then the ship starts to blow up, and it's like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Who's attacking the ship? I played through this game again. I still don't remember who the hell's attacking attacking the ship. <laughs> it just the ship just starts to start blowing up at parts.
1: Isn't it a giant robot? Isn't there, oh, there a boss fight in this level?
0: There is. Yes, it's the Terror Walker. <laughs> the Terror Walker. Yes.
1: Come on.
0: Yep. Yeah. Before you leave the ship, uh, they go back to Camino. You have to fight the terror walker. And it's actually a really long fight, which is unnecessarily long because it's just a giant spider-walking robot.
1: And it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but
0: yeah, after that, you arrive back at Camino,
1: The, the level we started on. Yep. Three,
0: three levels ago. But it's okay because you have the Rebel Alliance with you and they're going to attack the Empire and ah. it's going to be a surprise attack. However... Boba Fett knows that you're coming with everybody, so the Empire's waiting for you already when you get there, and everyone just starts getting trashed.
1: Boba Fett? Boba Fett,
0: where? So you have to run through your ship again that you were just on in the last level, through more <laughs> hallways, killing more stormtroopers, killing some more synth apprentices just to get out of the ship, but there's a really cool scene towards the end where you have to uh, blow up a Star Destroyer it is not as cool as blowing up a Star Destroyer in the first game, mm-hmm. where you have to Absolutely. tear it from the sky, or you actually have to tear it down from space.
1: Mm-hmm. It's much, much, much less cool. Yes. Ship's falling apart,
0: and you have to get the Camino, so guess what you do, Tom?
1: Um, do you
0: fall? You do. You jump out of the ship, and you fall into the surface. It's like poetry, you know, like it rhymes. But you pull debris out from side to side as you're going down. So it's kind of like you're swimming in the air. No, how graceful. So you pretty much land right back to where you started on the game. Like, almost exactly where you started <laughs> in the first <laughs> level. And it's just so annoying. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So Coda's trying to get Starkiller to... Wait for him so they have some backup. So, Because all Killer wants to do is go after Vader. Because he has his lady. Wants Juno. to smack him up. Yep. Uh, Starkiller says he doesn't care about the war. All he cares about is Juno. So he's putting hoes before bros. Which is not cool in the Rebel Alliance. Nope. Or the Empire. Nope. So... Hallway after hallway. Again and again. Robots and stormtroopers this time. Oh, both at once! You get to a platform area where you're just jumping from uh, like clone disk to clone disk. Like it's weird, like yeah, the the big
1: the big like circle things from the movie.
0: Yeah, it looks very similar to the end of uh, episode one when they're fighting when you have the oh like the giant
1: energy columns and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I guess there were like clone canisters that are in there, but
1: fill fill clone juice. You know,
0: do you know when you play? A lot of games, or you watch a lot of movies. You get the this movie was great all the way up until the ending. You know, when you watch a horror movie, it's like, oh, this was a really good build-up, and then the ending happens, and you're like, oh, that was kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. This game, I think, for me, was the opposite. Oh, so when you get all the way up to the top of this giant area with all those clone canisters to it. You go through a door at the top of the area, and like I said, I think this is probably the coolest part of the game. So you get into the hallway, and then Coda's like, oh, I can't hear you to anymore, and his goes dead. And then you just hear Vader's breathing. And it's like, it's really cool, because it's like, you know he's there. Mm-hmm. But it's very reminiscent to um, Empire Strikes Back. Where... Luke was going down the hallway and you just, you knew Vader was in that hallway somewhere.
1: Yeah. But you don't know until his breathing kicks in.
0: Right. So you're walking down and you hear Vader's breathing and it's so, just so The audio to it is so good. And then like he starts to have a hallucination and like the, the room starts to like break and kind of crumble around him. And then Vader comes out of just nowhere and attacks him. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that was a really good build-up. And then, like you guys have, like you lock lightsabers, and then you you break apart, and then Vader's gone. And it's like, okay, was that just in his head? Did it actually happen? But then, like he's yelling to Vader, and Vader's like just toying with him now, because he knows that he's starting to lose it. And I thought that was probably one of the coolest parts yeah. of the game, just that the, the build-up to that. Which is like, why can't this happen throughout the whole game? If he's gonna have this hallucin- if he's gonna have these hallucinations now, why didn't he have it throughout the game when you were playing, see things that aren't there or something along those lines?
1: It, it would have been a really good mechanic, yeah. But nope,
0: nope. Then you arrive in a room filled with clone Star Killers throughout the room, just to kind of further progress the story of, are you the real Star Killer? Are you just a clone? What's going on? So yeah, on. everyone
1: loves those kind of stories. That's why the Clone Saga is the most popular Spider-Man arc. Yes,
0: yes. You leave the room, and then it comes to the final battle, which you talked about platforming, Tom. You want to send oh, it into I was, the final I was battle? A fool.
1: I was a fool to forget this. You're talking about movies that it's super similar to. It's actually kind of similar to the Emperor Yoda fight from the end of Revenge of the Sith. You're jumping across a bunch of circular platforms, throwing crap at each other, having a lightsaber duel. Oh, got to jump to the next platform, you know? Yeah, very
0: reminiscence to that. Which, when I think of Darth Vader, I think of platforming...
1: Oh, yeah. He seems like such an agile guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his legs must work really well.
0: So you fight, you're fight, you fighting Darth Vader, jumping from platform to platform, fighting clones of yourself at the same time, too, mm-hmm. to get to Darth Vader. And it's
1: just... They're all, they're all gooey and, like, bleh and gross.
0: Yeah. So, when you think... You get to the end and you think you got Vader, um, you know, defeated. He's like, oh, hey, look at this. And he brings out Juno and he lifts her up in the air. And he's like, well, you know, bow before me or she's going to die. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. I'm not going to bow, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I think he starts to bow or something like that or he does bow. And Vader's like, all right. And he just throws Juno out the window. And I was like, oh, because Vader's a dick. Yeah, I like that. That's my Darth Vader. Now, filled with the Kratos rage from earlier in the game, you attack Darth Vader. And boy, do you keep just attacking him and attacking him and attacking him with no consequences to yourself at all.
1: Vader's slowly like, I regret this decision.
0: So, Tom, when you're down there and you have that Kratos rage, how bad do you mess up Vader?
1: Oh, you mess him up for life, son you go all out in quick time mania again all the op force moves you just take them all out of vader you cut his hand off which is like <laughs> how many times in this series does that guy lose hands i'm kind of wondering if it's that's just like annoyance for him or if he just gets over it at some point like oh again with the hand uh and then you ultimately just destroy him with force lightning um a lot more force lightning than the emperor used on him in return of the jedi uh i guess the excuse is like oh vader was still relatively uh fresh fresh and fleshy at that point so he could absorb it but you know whatever consistency who cares so you mess him up and then it's like okay this is it i'm i'm gonna kill you you've ruined my life I'm um, some kind of gooey, weird clone. Gonna kill you. And then Coda shows up. And that's when we get the moral choice ending.
0: You have the dark side ending, or you have the light side ending.
1: So Josh, let's let's describe each ending and then try to guess what each one of us picked. Okay. For, on the first playthrough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the light side ending is Starkiller shows mercy to Vader. And then you find out that Juno didn't die. She survived that fall because everyone in this game can survive dramatic falls. And they arrest Vader and they put him in the ship and they tie him up in this weird like Hannibal Lecter style rig. And Starkiller's like, you're going to be put on trial and you're going to pay for all the things you've done. And Vader's just like, as long as Juno's around, I still have a way to mess with you, bro. So whatever, bring it. And then Juno and Starkiller get in the cockpit and they're like, set course for our happy future together. Uh, But right before they can do that, what do you see flying behind them? Slave one. So their happy future, uh, are they going to get it? Or is Boba Fett going to mess it up? Who knows? It's unresolved. Boba. It's a little cliffhanger for future adventures. And then you have the dark side ending. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Which you go to kill Darth Vader. Yep. And as you go to strike him down, a lightsaber goes through your chest. (gasps) Who could it be but yourself? (sighs) You fall to the ground and start to die out. And Darth Vader is like, oh, you are a perfect version of the clone that I've been trying to create. And then you die looking at Juno who died from the fall and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just a downer kind of In the way, the same way that the dark side ending of Forced Unleashed 1 was a non-canon, just, like, you know, shocker. The same thing with this game. It's just, like, another, what's the most, like, oh my god ending we could throw here that won't tie in anything but will still be, you know, I guess cool. And, uh, yeah. And that, well, the downloadable, what I think is interesting about each game is that um, the light side ending sets you up for... The next story, but the Dark Side ending sets you up for the DLC, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so I'm gonna guess, Josh, that on your first playthrough, you picked the Dark Side ending. I did. Okay. So what did you think when you got that reveal that there was an actual perfect Starkiller clone?
0: I looked at it and I was like, "Well, so if this is a Dark Side ending, I I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense because." how does it fall into the Force unleashed story bridging the gap between episode three and four? It just doesn't make sense. Like why would you die to have another clone of you? That's never mentioned again in the franchise. Like if you were going to die, just stay dead the whole time I was playing the game. I was like, I don't understand why I'm playing through as Starkiller right now. <laughs> yep. And it's yep. just, I was just so confused at the end. I was like, you know what? Good. Juno's dead. I'm dead, but fuck, I'm still alive. So am I going to be the... Is there going to be a third one? Ho- hopefully not, because I didn't want a second one. But And I was like, now, now I have to go back and I have to replay the end battle again just to see what the light side ending is. Mm-hmm. And if it's more confusing than what I just saw here, I, I have absolutely no idea. So, Tom, I'm hoping that when you played through the first time, you picked the light side ending.
1: Uh, I did so (laughs) kind of Thankfully thankfully this was predictable But yeah I did pick the light side ending And my reaction to it was just kind of um, Equal confusion To the way you've uh, Summarized it it's like So the rebels got Darth Vader And put him in space jail Uh, There better be a sequel To this because I don't don't understand How you expect us to uh, just roll With this like this is a huge plot Development that needs to be resolved um, before we get into A New Hope, which is, this is supposed to be the lead-up into. So, yeah, that was an interesting ending. And it all just kind of comes down to like the fact that this game didn't get a follow-up. No. Um, do you want to get into the aftermath?
0: Yeah, so the game received a lot of mixed reviews. I think the That's highest... Generous. <laughs> <laughs> I think the highest score it received was an eight out of ten from Games Radar.
1: Oh yeah, the the well known publication Games Radar.
0: Yeah. But man, there was just just the fact that like we just talked about here. There's what three and a half levels in this game.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of even like Camino twice, Gladiator Planet, Rebel Ship. So, and then Dagobah is begrudgingly a level. It is so short. And not only is it short, but, like, it would be even shorter if you didn't have to deal with all the padding used to make the levels longer than they actually are. Mm -hmm. I got this via Gamefly in 2010, and I beat it and returned it within, like, a seven-hour span. Like, opened it, played it, put it back in my mailbox, and I was just like, wow, thank God I didn't buy this. I know I
0: got it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, man, did it, did it burn. Because I got it, sat down, played it, beat it that day, and it took maybe at most. Now, I didn't do all the, like, trials and stuff like that that's inside the game. I just went through and I beat it in maybe five hours. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's it. I just spent sixty dollars for that.
1: It's kind of almost an expansion pack, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, it would have been perfect as a continuation. Like I said earlier, it could have been a perfect continuation to the dark side ending of the last game.
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, it's rough. And like uh, I remember way back in two thousand ten when the initial trailers for this were dropping, you texting me. And just us having these conversations about, like, well, how is this going to work? And in the end, it just didn't work. you know? No, no. Uh, and this this sold poorly, too. Let's not forget that. I mean, you think anything with Star Wars on it is just going to sell like crazy because everyone loves that brand name, but this did not do well. Yeah, it finished
0: under expectations. I know in the first, like, two weeks, it sold, like, 500,000 copies. But, like, yeah, then it just... That's disappeared because everyone the the word got out and then people like oh i'm not gonna buy this game at this price i'm just gonna wait till it drops
1: and i'm sure there are people like you and i who weren't even sure of it to begin with so once that word of mouth spread it was like all right nope yeah so i'm gonna go back on a comment that i made
0: earlier talking about the wii version of the game
1: yes i played this on the 360 so i have no idea what's going on with the wii version
0: as did I, but doing some research on this and seeing what other people were saying, apparently the Wii version of the game is the superior version of this game.
1: When has that ever been said?
0: I I know. Well, you heard it here first. The Wii controller scheme, now let's just say that it would not work for a game like this. Mm-hmm. But, but they did their best to focus on the precise controls of it, so I gave them props for that. But the Wii exclusive Force Rage Powers puts the game's protagonist, Starkiller, into a bullet-time mode exclusive. So instead of going into Kratos mode, it actually went into bullet-time mode. What? <laughs> the Wii version also had a Force Sight power not included in other platforms as well.
1: What, so you can actually see
0: like through walls and other stuff, I believe. Um <laughs>
1: So you can see what's in the next hallway before you get to it? Yeah, you
0: can see some is in the next hallway.
1: <laughs> what an advantage.
0: So the next two things I'm going to say, Tom, are probably going to blow your mind when I say them to you. The first one is the Wii version had a multiplayer mode that was inspired by the Outfoxes, in which four players can challenge each other in a fighting-style combat game. Okay. So I want to say it's very similar to Smash Brothers, or it's, or if it's two on two in like Mortal Kombat style. But I'm pretty sure it's it from what this is saying, all four people can just challenge each other at one time.
1: All right, um, that seems like a bit of a cluster given this game, but okay, yeah,
0: cool. The Wii version had an extra story-based level on Dagoba. What? That is not presented in the HD versions of this game, making the plot of the Wii <laughs> game slightly different from the HD versions.
1: Why? I don't... They did that in Force Unleashed! One! The Wii and PS2 uh, ports got an extra story mission that the the more advanced consoles didn't, and now they do it again. Like Why? I don't get it. Absolutely
0: no idea, but when I saw that I was like out of all the versions of the game to get more story out of it you get the Wii version of it. I was just like okay. like
1: Maybe it was just cheaper to finish for the Wii? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. That Dig about level in the HD versions or the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions and PC versions Like, I guess they just couldn't handle more than 10 steps on Dagobah.
1: There was too many pixels on Yoda. He was so dense. There were so many layers. (laughs) So, Tom, Mm -hmm. I I know we're
0: probably going to both agree on this, but what's your overall take on Star Wars The Force Unleashed
1: 2? This game is like... Um, When people talk about abusing the iconography of Star Wars to make a quick buck cheap desperate uh you know appeals to what we like about star wars i think this is like what i would consider the primest example of it it's a sequel that isn't justified in its own existence it's not really a great story it's a stale game that recycles everything from the first game and not just recycle it but it stretches it to its thinnest point possible and it's unforgivably short uh, for the price tag, just it's, it's, it's bad. It's yeah.
0: bad. I'm going to agree with you on a lot of things here, Tom, and and I honestly believe, yeah. I mean, for the price that you paid for this game and what you got from it, it's clearly not worth it. It should have just been a DLC uh, expansion for the first game, or they should have added more to it. You know, they could, like I said earlier, they could have just made an entire game based off of the dark side of the first one. You go through... Trying to kill all of the main characters from the original trilogy. And you would have been good. hmm Yep. Uh, so we'll go and try to finish this off here by talking about the sequel that came. That would have been. It could have. Could have. But during an interview back in February 2013... Uh, Lucasfilms was considering the development of Star Wars The Force Unleashed 3 for the next generation of video game consoles, the PS4, Xbox One, and the amazing Wii U. Ooh. However, LucasArts closed shortly after due to the Walt Disney Company purchasing them, and I don't believe we're ever going to see a Force Unleashed 3.
1: And honestly, like, would you even think, Would honestly, would you even want to see it, uh, like, given the the leaked plot summary that was discussed in 2015, it would have been Starkiller and Darth Vader teaming up to fight the emperor. I don't know.
0: No, no. Like they're just grasping for straws. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be too negative on this game because like i said towards the end there's that really good scene that's just so worth it and like the artwork is great in the game like the graphics are really good you can tell you know it's hitting like the ps3 and the xbox 360 at its like highest when it comes to graphical achievements at point in times but then there are times where it's just there's just not the game's empty yeah there's
1: just so much more that could have came from it, but yeah, I don't know what they would have done with the third one. But this left such a sour taste in my mouth. I'm just like, guys, I don't even. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you're all passionate about it. It's just uh, you burned me.
0: For those of you listening right now, don't play this game.
1: Just listen to this podcast, and you're done. You don't really you need to experience anything. You've
0: else. really you've heard the beginning, middle, and ending to this game. If you want to play a really good Star Wars game, honestly, play the Force Unleashed one. It's perfect bridge to gap to Episode three and Episode four. If you want to play another one, there's the Rogue Squadron series. There's KOTOR. Mm-hmm. There's the Jedi Knight series, especially Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy.
1: And it's uh, not even like worth it on a story level either. There's there's nothing to get from this. It's easily the most unsatisfying Star Wars entry that's ever been produced in my opinion
0: yeah very very bland story you can really see that it, it was rushed uh, a lot mm-hmm. but on mm. the list of games that we've covered during the dlc episodes you think this is the worst of the three
1: to date yeah this is the worst one we've covered
0: yeah i mean i shit on arkham origins a lot but at least there was some subsidence inside that game now it was missing a lot it was missing a lot in that game but this was just it was just empty and when i was done with it, i was like man i just i felt like i
1: arkham origins is the same kind of like desperate cash grab where they're trying to stretch something out as far as they can but it's at least got a little bit more meat on its bones than this does you know
0: yeah i very rarely do i play a game and finish it and feel like i didn't accomplish anything Mm -hmm. and that's exactly how i felt with this game
1: well, this game literally takes you in a circle <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like story wise it's like we start yep. on Kamino like you know oh we can't develop a final level just take him back to Kamino yep any last words Tom the force is very weak with this one it's got a very low midichlorian count throw it out a window
0: oh my god throw it out a window like Mace Windu <laughs> ah! Thanks for joining us on this episode of Three to Play DLC. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Please be sure to like, review, and share these episodes so you can spread the word of gaming goodness. And be sure to come back because our podcast is less disappointing than The Last Jedi.
1: Nah, boo.